G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. It dawned on us one day that we weren't giving, we weren't saving any money, and we were living beyond our means. So we prayed about it and we thought about it and we decided that the best thing that we could do was to give notice on our house at the time. So for seven weeks, we just went on a holiday. We had a little camper trailer and and we went and holidayed until there was a solution. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, our guest today is once again Robert Lister, who's the CEO of Hope From Above, or HFA. They're a unique ministry that uses modern technology to help missionaries take the gospel to isolated or hard-to-reach people groups. Last time, we heard the beginning of Robert's story and how he became a Christian after seeing a strong example of faith modelled to him by his parents. He also shared how he eventually went into the military, where he learned IT skills. Today, we'll hear more of the events that have impacted Robert's life and have helped his faith grow. He's again chatting with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios, and we'll pick up his story as he shares how he first became involved in ministry. Yes, ministry came into the picture. Now, I said before, I came out and I started this little business. Now, I didn't know anything about getting clients because in the military, you don't need to do that. Right, right. So I I struggled to get clients, let's be honest. So because of that, I was sitting there and my wife and I went to church and there was a a visiting ministry that had come through and the the church wanted to be encouraged in it by by this man who has a gift as an itinerant minister. And he was there and in my heart, I just felt, give some time to this ministry. Mm. And... I thought, okay, let's go and do that. So Tara and I, my my wife, we we decided we would give a day a week to this itinerant minister Mm. and just do whatever, do whatever. Just help him out. Just help him out, Mm. whatever was required. So over the course of more than a decade, we helped him out. We just did whatever we could do. We were available and engaged in whatever this ministry was doing because we felt to and we Mm. felt, and it was well received and it was helpful to them as as much as it was helpful to us. So it was a two-way thing. Mm. And so as I did different other jobs and went into different other opportunities, which would take a long time to get into, I was then volunteering for this ministry and ended up as his executive assistant mm-hmm. or PA. Mm-hmm. So it was a total role change. So a full-time gig. A full-time gig, mm, yeah, because that's the door that the Lord opened mm-hmm. for me to mm-hmm. have work and to. Uh, so it was end up being a full-time gig. Now, the, the, I guess the point from a, uh, how did it prepare me? Mm-hmm. If I hadn't have volunteered that, that one day a week, that one day a week mm-hmm. for for the this itinerant minister, I would never have been exposed to a charity in mm-hmm. Australia to a not and how it works and everything and how it works the mm-hmm. practicalities mm-hmm. of it all. Yeah, and now. The organization that I now, I now lead legally is set up exactly the same way mm-hmm. as that itinerant's 
ministry is because it's a not-for-profit mm-hmm. in Australia. And you had all that experience. Had all that experience mm-hmm. laid on, mm-hmm. but simply through volunteering in an area that was totally different from my vocational mm-hmm. background. Yeah. So that's that was a – now looking back, I can see it. Mm-hmm. At the time, yeah. I was just doing what I felt I should do. So that was step one in, in being prepared for what I do now. Uh, another miraculous uh, step – uh, looking back, but difficult at the time, was we were, Tara and I are looking at, at our, our situation, as you do as a family, mm. and going, ah, oh. it dawned on us one day that we we weren't giving, we weren't saving any money, and we were living beyond our means. Mm. And this Not a good situation. Not a good situation. Mm. And, and you can drift into those situations mm. really quickly yep. in life, and there's no condemnation, but you should address it. Mm-hmm. You should yeah, think yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. So we prayed about it and we thought about it and we decided that in this situation, the best thing that we could do was to give notice on our on our house at the time. and Where you were renting. Where we were, where were renting. Mm-hmm. Just decide that this is not working for us anymore and we're going to head out and trust God. We didn't know what where would we would be going after mm-hmm. that. So... I don't necessarily recommend this unless God initiates this sort of a course mm-hmm. of action mm-hmm. in your life because you need to hold on to rentals if you've, if you've got them and things. Mm-hmm. Housing is important for a family. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. But yes. because of a, a God-initiated prompting, we believe, we decided to give notice. Mm-hmm. And so we stepped out in faith that God would provide. Mm-hmm. So. We headed out in seven weeks. You got to live somewhere. Yeah, we got to live somewhere. Yeah. So for seven weeks, we we called it a holiday. We just went on a holiday, and we 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 had a little camper trailer, and mm-hmm. and we went and holidayed until okay. there was a solution. And wow, that's really living by faith. Yeah. Well, that a solution would appear. Yes, absolutely. Now, in hindsight, we can look back, and a solution did appear, but at the time. It was a little tricky. There were some of days course. when we we're kind of wondering, "Oh God, what's happening? Uh, is yeah. anything going on?" Because it was seven weeks without a home. Yeah, and we got three children, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's a family of five. But we held on to know we f- we have a peace in our heart that mm-hmm. God wants us to do this. So mm-hmm. we'll just wait patiently, even though in the moment we, we it's seeming screaming need for a house. Mm-hmm. We needed to wait patiently mm-hmm. and to look for what. God might be telling us to do. Mm-hmm. Now, at the end of that, the seven weeks, it, there was a house that ca- became a, available basically due to our need. Mm-hmm. People could see, hey, you might like a house. Yeah, you might want to get out of that trailer at some yeah, point. Yeah, trailer at some <laughs> point. Caravan. So, yeah, so we were, um, it was a little camper trailer. Okay. It's a, essentially a tent. Yeah. So we were oh, tenting. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. And we were tenting. And, um, at that time, my, my father needed to get some heart surgery done, and mm-hmm. um, it turns out where we were camping was close to him. Oh, okay. So we were able to be near to my father who was going through this uh, bypass surgery. Oh, okay. And we were closer than we would normally have been. So that was a real, I guess, a, a nice outcome from camping mm-hmm. for so long. We were closer to being able to help family and be nearby for family, which is very, very important. And then we, we got this house to house sit for six weeks. And we're like, great, let's get out of this camper trailer. I mean, it's the end of January at the time, and it was or somewhere around there, January, February. Mm. It was hot. I yeah. mean, Australia yeah. is hot at that mm. time. Yeah. So we're getting into this house. And to cut a long story short, we were there for 
two years in the end. Oh, we were there house sitting for two years. Where were the people? Well, the the people had brought it as a to knock the house down to build. However, after they brought it, they were faced with all kinds of delays and bureaucratic. It's such a shame that they. Couldn't do it, huh? Yeah, so <laughs> it worked out us. well for you. <laughs> worked out well for us, but they weren't able to get their permits through. Oh, okay. And so they voiced to us in the, later on. Now, that, you weren't praying against them, were you? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't let them get Please their didn't. permits. <laughs> yeah. So we were, um, in the end, it was a help to them mm-hmm. because they couldn't really rent it out in the state it was. Mm-hmm. But we were happy to have it, yeah. and we were grateful for it. Yeah. And they were grateful to have someone in it, so it wasn't vacant mm-hmm. and didn't go to rack and ruin. And you're working in ministry at the time? Yes, working for the itinerant minister mm-hmm. at that time. And it was it was amazing, actually, because the house that we were house-sitting meant I could go against the traffic, not with peak hour traffic. Oh, there you go. So I'm driving down the road looking at the car park <laughs> on the other side yeah. going, praise the Lord for this house, because I was yeah. going the opposite yeah. direction. And in many ways in life, we will go in the opposite direction to most mm. by taking such a course of action. Mm. And when you follow God, you sometimes end up having to go the opposite mm. direction kind to the Kind of norm. swimming upstream. Swimming upstream, yeah. But it sounds like you were moving faster than the other side. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. so something like that. So yeah. that was, a, looking back, it was a, an amazing time to stretch me mm-hmm. in my faith to obey. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So as a child... Your basic phrase that you got from your parents was hear and obey. Yes. But then, as you got older, now you're an adult, that changed to what? Well, basically the phrase became, hear clearly, plan wisely, obey boldly. Now, that's a whole lot different to just hear and do. Mm-hmm. It's, we want to hear, mm-hmm. but let's not jump into doing until we've heard clearly. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is to plan wise, planning, plan wisely. Mm -hmm. If you get advice from many different people, there's a scripture that essentially says that if you get advice from many, Mm -hmm. then your plans will succeed. So if you add the plan wisely and to hear and obey, Mm -hmm. things go a whole lot better. And then, so that planning is kind of the middle stage. The middle stage expanded to that, that that I expanded to, and. Drawing alongside this itinerant minister, I noticed that he was a here and obey kind of guy. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But his ministry had long standing and a good reputation because he was willing to pause and plan wisely. Mm. So I sometimes say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm. And when when I was ready to hear and obey and to Mm. actually do that and step out, then the teacher appeared, so to speak, mm. to teach me, okay, now you're willing to do that? Let's put the plan wisely in the middle mm-hmm. and gain advice before you go and do things. And don't yeah, look before you leap. <laughs> look, look, look a little before you leap. You're yeah. still going to leap. Yeah. Absolutely. It's still a leap. It's mm-hmm. still a step of faith. Mm-hmm. But, okay, if we're going to jump off that rock, so mm-hmm. to speak, into mm-hmm. that ocean, let's not do it at the highest point of the cliff. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Let's... <laughs> Let's get a rope and sort of shimmy down a little mm, yeah. to lessen the height a bit. Mm. And then you get my point. Yeah, you, yeah. You make some adjustments. Make some adjustments. Learn from other people's experiences and gain some wisdom. Gain some wisdom. And one mm. of those great bits of wisdom is if you and your wife are sitting there or your wife and your husband or um, whoever those you're journeying with closely in God, 
is if you get an, a word from God to do something, then the other people that are involved in that decision, and they're going to have to work out the consequences of that decision with you, maybe let them decide the timing of it. Maybe they have input, yeah. They, they have input, and yeah. they have to have real input, not just, Let's just say basic this. input. God gives us wives for a reason. Absolutely, yeah. And they, they have they have discernment and understanding, mm-hmm. and they have gifts that are different to ours. And they're seeing a whole different aspect of the decision that you're not seeing, whether right. we're not seeing. Right, Yeah. right. So they're looking at the aspect of the feelings of the children. They're looking mm-hmm. at the aspect of, which sometimes us as guys... Yeah, feelings we, and stuff. I mean, all that touchy-feely stuff. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the kids have got to be there at the end. You mm-hmm. can't just yep, drive yep. out and go, hurrah, let's yeah. go do this. Yeah. But anyway, you get, you get yeah, the point. Yeah. But our, our wives are very valuable, and, and mm-hmm. they're switched on in ways that us guys, we're not. <laughs> That's right. They have uh, different feelers and different perspectives on things that we need to hear about. Absolutely. And and they've got understanding of when things should be done often. Mm. In, in my life, my, mm. uh, when I don't listen to my wife, Tara, and she says, well, if you want to do that, maybe we should wait till then, or maybe mm. we should yeah. just wait until God gives both of us a piece about it mm. before we launch into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, if I had learned that so much earlier in married <laughs> life, life would be so much better. But the key is you did learn it eventually. Eventually. That's yeah. great. So getting back to it, that's the plan wisely that I learned. Yep. Okay. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is once again chatting with Robert Lister, who's the CEO of Hope From Above, or HFA. They're a unique ministry that uses modern technology and innovation to bring God's word to isolated or hard-to-reach people groups. We'll hear more of Robert's story when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is once again Robert Lister, who's the CEO of Hope From Above, or HFA. Robert's sharing his story and the events in his life that have helped prepare him to be the leader of a unique ministry that uses modern technology and engineering skills to spread the gospel. Before the break, we heard how God provided his family a place to live rent-free when they were in a desperate situation. Now we'll hear what happened next in Robert's life as he continues his chat with Eric Scadabo. Well, basically, we're, we're living in this house that's uh, been uh, given to us. To, we weren't paying rent. So that you're wanting to tear down, but it's we still were, somehow standing Somehow up. standing. And the, bull, <laughs> and the bulldozer's coming one day. We knew there was an end date on it. Yeah. And, and during this opening, I thought, well, I could do some study while I'm here because mm-hmm. there was, uh, a, I wasn't required full-time in the ministry mm-hmm. anymore. And I decided, well, maybe I'll do some study. Mm-hmm. At the time, not really knowing why, I did a, a graduate certificate in finance. Mm. Now, it wasn't accounting, it was finance. Mm. Finance is more about the future, accounting is about the past. Mm. So, I'm doing this study in finance, thinking, you know, do, you be, do I become a financial advisor or something like that? Um, I just thought, well, 
for whatever reason, that's whatever what you reason, picked. Whatever reason, that's what I picked. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that study, there was this job on, on a Christian jobs website mm-hmm. that wouldn't let go of me. It was like this thing that was this job that ah, piqued your interest. Piqued my interest and yeah, but piqued my interest and, and was in my thoughts and would and that's what I say it wouldn't let go of mm-hmm. me. It was constantly yeah. in my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that was for the at the time it was the like the the second in command or the chief operating officer of, of HFA. And that they needed Hope from above. Of hope from above, mm-hmm. yeah. So what was it that you think that piqued your interest? It was the the unique way that they did, they went about mission mm. that, that connected with me. I was an, had an IT background mm-hmm. that, that I was trained in, and that connected that technical understanding. It connected the logistical background I had in the military. Mm-hmm. It connected my faith in God, mm-hmm. and it connected this here and obey uh, lifestyle. Mm. That all these all different these, parts. Coming All together. Coming together in mm. this one job. Mm. So it was like it was tailor-made for me. Yeah. And having been the uh, the second man of, so to speak, of uh, to do the practicalities for, mm. the, for this wonderful itinerant minister that I served, um, to go in and do essentially the same job for the, the current CEO of Hope From Above at the time, mm. I thought, well, this is a good fit. So I, I decided to call him up and... And I, I managed to get a, a a phone conversation with 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 the current CEO at the time mm-hmm. because I wanted to hear his heart. And what I heard was a man that loved God and wanted to see the unreached reached. Mm-hmm. And so that really really touched me, and really I really connected with it. So I applied for the job. Mm. So a little background of hope from above. It started in 2013. 2013 14. Yeah, so so this this uh, little, little ministry that called Hope from Above is it started in twenty twenty thirteen, you know, twenty twenty fourteen mm-hmm. was around that yeah, around yeah. that time mm-hmm. it, it really really got going, and I joined and I, I started to to get un- involved in it mm-hmm. to understand what it is that is the unreached. Mm-hmm. We're not talking a a community that that has a church planted there and mm. people can go and engage with the belie- local believers. It's not that type of, that's not what we're talking about when we, when we talk about the unreached. Mm. And this it intrigued me that mm. there's people in the world that still have no idea that there is a God that loves them. Mm. They've never heard that Jesus even exists, mm. many of them. Mm. And that's for geographic or political reasons. Mm. So this whole generation, new generations now, mm that once may have heard heard the gospel but they don't know it anymore and this mm. really grabbed a hold of me mm. and I, I loved the the work that I began to do and at that time it was the as the chief operating officer which is another way to say for me the, the second in command mm. to to the leader mm. and that was a real privilege. I began to understand the operations. Mm-hmm. I began to understand what needed to happen every day mm. to make this organization work. And, whoa, even my past experience actually applies here. I know how to run a not-for-profit. I know you need board meetings and you need motions and all this kind of stuff yeah. that we do to comply with the laws of our land. Mm. So I was getting into that and really trying to understand it all and and. Uh, get my feet under the desk, so to speak, mm. and then one day I, I'm I'm there talking to the the CEO at the time, and and I said to him, just off the cuff, 
You know, if if you really, he was he's a he's a missionary. He's not from mm. Australia. He's mm-hmm. he'd come out from Europe, and um, had been a missionary in different places as a helicopter mechanic. Mm-hmm. But here he was. He's founded Hope from Above in Australia, and the and, history at that point was more from aviation. Yes, mm-hmm. he, he had an aviation background, and. Um, as a mecha- helicopter mechanic, mm-hmm. and so the Lord had laid it on his heart, using his technical skills as mm-hmm. a helicopter mechanic, let's leverage those and mm-hmm. do practical things that can reach the unreached. Now, he'd seen how beneficial it was when he's in the, been in a jungle fixing helicopters, he'd mm-hmm. seen how beneficial it was to have practical, technical help mm-hmm. to those who were trying to reach these unreached people groups. Mm-hmm. So he was leading, and he founded the the ministry mm. or the organization but then for, from this is from my perspective I, I was sort of saying well if you ever want to go to europe or go back somewhere else then i would support that mm. now i'm thinking you want to go back and visit some supporters or you want to go vi- visit some prayer partners just or temporary just temporary mm. go see go see your mom and dad or something like that go back home for a while temporary mm. then i'd be okay with that mm. and then the Lord began to speak to, to him about maybe mm. they needed to go back because HFA is part of a network, I should mm. say that. There's, yeah. there's some organizations just like ours in, in Germany and Switzerland. So there's groups just like HFA oh, in Australia. Right? Okay. It's grown to different countries now. Mm. There's a, a few other countries that are coming online as well. Bunch of techies in other countries too. <laughs> That's it. Bunch of techies in other countries coming online and helping missionaries. Helping missionaries ar- around the world. So the current CEO at the time said said to his wife, "Yo, I'm kind of thinking we, we should go back go back to Europe." And when he said that to her, she said, "Well, Funny you should say that. For the last three days, or since three days, mm. as, they, as, he, as he says, she, she said, I, I've been thinking that we need to go as well. Mm. So we proposed it to the board, and the board felt a piece about it. Mm. And so I never forget sitting there in, in a cafe with the chairman one day, mm. and he put two and two together really quickly. Well, if he's going, who's staying? I guess it's you. <laughs> Uh, and then I have this dawny revelation. Probably should have had it a whole lot sooner. Oh. I'm about to lead a ministry, not be the second man or the 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 person. That yeah, because you had only done support roles up to that point. I've only done support roles. Even my time in in the military, you're always answering mm. to someone yeah. else. Now, in life, you're always answering to the Lord, so you never. Yeah. You're always kind of a second man to to your Lord Jesus. That's and, in your and the heart. ministry has a board. Yeah, and the course, ministry yeah. has a board. The ministry has all those structures in place mm. that not for profits need in Australia, mm. yeah. and they have you know we auditors and all the rest of it. But let's not go too much into the boring details. No. Um, so yeah, I get thrown into the lead of HFA, which has been an amazing privilege, and you get these opportunities perhaps only a few times in life, mm. but they're to be grasped. Mm. And you, you either do them wholeheartedly or you don't do them at all. There's no halfway. So it's been that that for me of launching into this this role of leading a not-for-profit, a mm. Christian ministry, to, to do something for God in the world, to follow in the heritage and the... The, the trust that's given to me, mm. so to speak, of the, those who have gone before me. Mm. I'm not just talking about those who have gone before me in HFA, but those that have gone before in mission, mm. those who have gone before me in the body of Christ. 
to prepare the way, so to speak, so that I have this moment mm. to do my best to, I guess, win my generation mm. to Christ, mm. doing what I can do. So mm-hmm. if each generation can just focus on winning their generation, mm. it's an amazing thing. Mm. So here I am. So this whole conversation started off talking about an unmanned sea vessel going to a country that will not allow the Bible or the gospel into it. That's how it all started, but that's just one example of how hope from above is getting the good news to remote areas, hard-to-reach areas. Yes. So then I think we mentioned in the past that there's also through drones, through balloons, and all that. So that's all part of helping out missionaries through the practical, technical ways. Absolutely. Yes, there's those different ways. And perhaps one that's uh, really, really on my mind right now is, can you imagine a, a, tr- a tribe in a jungle, and we don't even know where they are? The missionary doesn't even know where they are. Mm. So if we, if we get a drone and fly a drone over that, that area of the jungle to look for them mm-hmm. and to, to find them, then that missionary can know where to walk to mm. yeah. to find these people. Yeah. So that's another, uh, another example that we can help mm. uh, that local missionary, normally an indigenous missionary who's mm-hmm. from tribes like that because mm-hmm. they're the best kind of missionary yep. they're from there they understand the language and the mm-hmm. people right so we will maybe help them with a drone mm. or if there's a, a border that that needs to be crossed and the the border guards won't let a mm. bible go in mm. but if the locals near that border feel that they want to get the bible over that border then we've been able to help with the practicalities mm. of Essentially, flicking it over the border, you know, <laughs> you know, I've got to be vague, but yeah, only but to, only to it's protect. Safe to say that yeah. it involves technology. It involves in technology, way. and it's very practical and very tangible. Mm-hmm. Moving it from A to B. Well, we pray that HFA Hope from Above is successful in the many different fascinating ways of getting Bibles into countries that are not welcoming to Bibles, whether it's from sea or air or whatever you come up with with uh, technology. I personally am biased toward radio <laughs> for some reason. Uh, but we just thank you so much for what you're doing, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and uh, look forward to talking more sometime, maybe. That's right. You're just right around the corner from the studio here. <laughs> well, that was the conclusion of Eric Scatterbo's chat with Robert Lister, who's the CEO of Hope From Above, or HFA. They're a unique ministry that uses modern technology and innovation to help missionaries take the gospel to isolated or hard-to-reach people groups. To find out more about Hope From Above, their website is hfa.org.au. Once again, that's hfa.org.au. Finally, we'll end with a Bible verse that contains some wisdom for life from the book of Proverbs and was important in Robert's life. It's Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, which says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors and counsellors, they succeed. We've heard how that played out in Robert's life as he received much good advice at critical points in his life. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Robert Lister's story and insights into the fascinating ministry of Hope From Above. It's great to know there's places for techies to get involved in helping expand the Kingdom of God. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.